Welcome to the Human Design and Astrology for a New Paradigm podcast with your host, Heather Mann. Hello, good afternoon or good morning or good evening or good night, whatever time it is that you listen to me. Um, Anyway, this is the 28th episode of the Human Design and Astrology for a New Paradigm podcast and I'm Heather a human design reader and evolutionary astrologer, and now officially, once again, a nutritional medicine student from Melbourne. Um, Today we're doing a fun episode, a celebrity chart reading, and we're going with Kim Kardashian West. I took some suggestions and requests on Instagram over the weekend for who um, you guys want me to do a chart reading for, and there were so many cool, good suggestions But this is the one that I really felt like the most people would know who she is and at least know a little bit about her life um, and just her essence, just so that we'll all be able to um, learn a bit from it because, you know, kind of reading charts for celebrities that are well known is a really good way to understand the material in the way that it can be used to apply to real life, if that makes sense. Um, But I have earmarked all your suggestions for possible future episodes. Um, yeah, this is the second time I've gone to record this episode today. I was about halfway through earlier, um, this morning actually. And when I got this call that I had to essentially take my grandma to the emergency room, um, it's okay. She's fine. Like I've mentioned this on the podcast before. She's just the toughest little Capricorn son. Like she just keeps chugging and she's always so positive and so happy. Um, But yeah, just got some, yeah, just got back from that. Hospital parking stresses me out so much. I cannot be the only one who thinks that. Like my heart, I feel like my heart is still racing. Just they give you these tiny little, um, like part of what are roads essentially in this parking zone. It costs about $24,000 to park for one hour. There's never any parking. My grandma forgot like her disabled sticker. So, you know she's short of breath. We had to walk uh, ages to get to emergency and it was just not a fun time for anyone. And then of course, because of COVID, they don't actually let you sit and wait. Um, Like there's, there's no waiting room unless you're actually a patient. Like I had to literally just drop her off. Uh, She got her temperature taken, she got her mask and then she had to sit down and they were like, yeah, you know, like you can't go. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'll go sit um, in the hospital cafe and wait there, get something to eat. Like I hadn't had lunch. Um, surely I'll be able to find something. And so I went to do that and they stopped me because they're like, no, unless you work here, like you literally just can't be in this hospital. Um, so I had to leave and then just go kill time in a local shopping center. Uh, but then she called me and she was like, it looks like I'll be here overnight so you can go home. So anyway, we're home now trying to de-stress from that. Um, But yeah, I don't think I have much else to catch you up on this week. I'm so happy to be back at uni right now. And I'm sure I'm going to be saying exactly the opposite when like assignments season starts piling up. But right now it's fun just to be getting back into this stuff again. Like, you know, uh, my cold, hard passion for natural medicine and nutrition is just truly back with a vengeance. Um... So, yeah, to be involved with these conversations with teachers and fellow students, et cetera, just people who are equally as passionate about this stuff as I am. It's just the best. 
Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, there is obviously a lot going on. Like I'm pretty much wondering every day right now whether the world that we live in is going through this collective awakening process or basically falling to pieces and is about to go through a black hole or something. But when I do really tune into like the energy of what's going on right now, I do feel like the waking up collectively option is the predominant energy. Um, yeah, obviously there's like a lot of chaos and madness going on, uh, as well as that, but it does in general right now feel like the good is winning, like the light is winning and these darker forces are really just putting up that one last fight, that one last, you know, kick, uh, cause they can feel their power disintegrating essentially, like picking people are waking up, um, to how we've been held back but I don't know does anyone else just feel completely tailor-made for these times like I genuinely feel I've been waiting for these times my entire life like li- like since I was born like my life has just been a training ground to be able to be present to this moment in time and everything that's going on uh in 2020 like I really thought that th- like the mental and emotional and physical toughening up that I've been going through since January. I mean, the last two years, but especially since January, it's been so intense. Um, I really thought it was just a hold space for this business, you know, because it's that time that I got got more serious about um, treating human design and astrology as more of a business. Uh, But I actually think maybe this toughening up has just been so that I can deal with the, like, onslaught of energy that can come at you when you start to question the narrative that's told by the mainstream media. Um, And maybe on that note, like just, you know, my warning is just be very mindful about which mainstream media, I'm sure you guys know this, but which mainstream media that you are putting your attention into right now. Or, you know, it's good to get angry, but if you sort of get hypnotized by the media, like you might wake up, find yourself completely hypnotized by it. And burning down a racist neighbor's house with a flamethrower um, and getting carted off to jail. And, like, to fight this fight, like, I said this a lot last week, but to fight this fight that we are in, like, we have to stay in our hearts. Like, there has to be, you know, cool, calm and collected. Yes, passionate, extremely passionate. Bring that in, but grounded. Just please don't go to prison right now. Like, we need as many people doing the work and showing up and uncovering the collective shadow of humanity as we possibly can out here so if you have like personal thoughts and feelings about the energy of what's going on in the world right now or if you have interesting videos or anything that you think I might be interested in about this like I mean I really like anything that questions the narrative that we're told by the mainstream media like let's chat um but Without further ado, let's chat instead right now about Mrs. Kim Kardashian West. So, as you know, I always like to start with the South Node to get the gist of where we've been before we move into speaking about the North Node and where we're going. So, Kim has her South Node in Aquarius in the third house. This is a person who's faced a lot of struggles in past lives and learned to disassociate from her body. So, to survive, she needed to kind of switch off her emotions, to go blank, to turn her heart cold even in an extreme um, example of this archetype. 
because the circumstances she was in were so unforgiving that she really couldn't afford to make a mistake. That's why. Like, to make a mistake would be deadly, uh, shameful even. Um, her ruler of the South Node, so every um, – to get more information about the South Node, we'll look at the ruling planet of the South Node and the ruling planet of Aquarius is Saturn. So her Saturn is in Libra in the 11th house. Uh, so what we can see from this is that a lot of people have been depending on her to follow the rules and do what's expected. And when she slips up, a lot of people are impacted. Um, that Aquarius South node in the third house is massively about feeling like an outsider, like you're in some way disconnected from the rest of humanity, like you are on the outside looking in at the masses. And third house means you had to live this way because everything was always changing, like nobody and no situation could ever be depended on and you really had to make it up as you went along. So there was no time, no space and no freedom to really consider your point of view, your personal philosophy, where you are coming from. Um, life was about survival and possibly felt like chaos a lot of the time. It was, as we see with that Saturn in Libra in the 11th house, um, it was all about the other person. Uh, your actions would negatively impact the other person and not just one person, but big groups of people. So this is like, this is really, you know, it makes me think of leadership, like king or queen or lord or lady type energy. Like there's no room for creativity, no room for self-expression with this south node. And, you know, she's over it. Like she's over her actions impacting everybody else and thus feeling repressed and stuck in what she can do by having to focus so much like and sort of live up to what people think she is. Does that make sense? Like this is, you know, the ruler whose who's reign, um, you know, past lives, the ruler whose reign was fraught with, fraught, fraught with war, with famine, like pressure from all sides um, on the way to like to do to do things a specific way, like to forge a path ahead in a specific way. And she, as this leader, never had the chance to stamp her own authority, like the way she believed things could go because nobody believed she was up for it. You know, there's that Saturn in Libra in the 11th. Like then there's the third house south node. You know, you've got things flying at you from everywhere, like those famines, those wars, maybe personal dramas that I mentioned, um, just always things to deal with and no room for Leo, no room for the heart. Again, that need to be cold, detached and just follow what's set for her. Uh, and, you know, you know, when we talk about past lives, like it's so easy to say, oh, yeah, this person was a ruler in a past life when a lot of us has probably had many, many past lives just selling mangoes on the side of the road um, or hanging out in a field. But I really like to use these types of examples as archetypes uh, in readings, like to give you an idea of the type of past life, like this, the potential energetic pattern of the past life, because human beings, we speak in archetype. Um, and so that way we can get a, a sort of idea, at least of the circumstances that this person likely went through. And this particular combination of her south node in Aquarius in the third house 
and that ruler of the south node being Saturn in Libra in the 11th does give me the energetic sense of somebody that has a lot of people relying on them and is facing constantly dangerous, changing circumstances and feels unable to express themselves in some way, like in some way trapped and forced to become emotionally disconnected because of the nature of their position. Um, And then often we reincarnate in this life and experience, you know, seeing similar patterns to the very karma that we did come to clear that our South Node speaks of. So that we'll have no choice but to face it essentially. And we can see that that has been a big part of her life. Like, of course, I don't know exactly what she's thinking or feeling. Um, I don't speak to her. Um, But there is this sense that because her family is so impacted by her actions, her feelings, her thoughts, and her true desires, really, like what what she wants and what she actually wants to do and what she actually thinks can have to kind of take a back seat, like because she's so deeply judged in everything that she does by her family, yes, but by the entire world. And then that reflects again upon her family. Um, you know, there's that Saturn in the 11th house being judged by the entire world um, that she just can't afford to make a mistake. And so she has to be very specific in what she does. She has to follow these rules down to a tri- down to a T. Uh, then we look to the North Node. So look at the actual karma that she's come to clear and how her soul plans to clear it um north node her north node is in leo in the ninth house so straight away we can see that there's an evolutionary intention here to find deeper connection to her heart and to her authenticity and to share that with the world so to be seen for something that feels true and deep and meaningful to her uh she's an expert at being disconnected from what she says that's at aquarius Uh, south node but her challenge her growth is to listen to the deeper call of her heart leo to try and stop worrying about what everybody else thinks of her and even when and if people laugh at her and you know think weird things about her can she be at peace like when she's speaking her own heart that's the challenge that she's sort of working through and working up to in this life Um, And just like looking at the ruler of the South Node for more info on that, we can look to the ruler of the North Node to kind of give us an idea about how she is to go about living this out in this life. So what is interesting is that the ruler of Leo is the sun and Kim's son is also in Libra in the 11th house. So it's the same as the ruler of her South Node. So this might be a little confusing, but remember we have you know, you guys know we have a lower and higher octave of every single placement within the chart. So the South Node ruler is probably leaning a bit more towards the lower octaves just because it, like the South Node and its ruler really do speak of the karma that we came here to work through. If it was like perfect shiny past life memories, we probably wouldn't be too concerned about clearing through it. Does that make sense? So that's why you're kind of going to when you're speaking about the south node uh just expect that it's going to be that lower expression and then when you speak about the north node expect that we are working towards the highest expression um you know because the north node is a higher 
the higher expression that we're reaching towards. It's not as easy and it's not as natural to us, but mastering it is going to help us clear that gunky south node karma. So a high octave of the sun in Libra in the 11th house, this speaks of fostering a deeper connection to the heart, releasing the codependent managing of views, uh, like other people's views and opinions of her, you know, Libra. Um, and finding the beauty in self-expression. So when she opens her heart, even though it is going to feel really uncomfortable because of that Aquarius South node, like it's, it feels unnatural and sort of goes against what her nervous system is attuned to. Like when she does move down from the mind Aquarius and into her heart Leo and lets other people love her, lets other people balance and compliment her Libra, when she stops trying to be and do everything for herself and instead ask for help and for guidance like that is when that beautiful Libra sun really opens more and is going to be received by the people who need to receive it so by creating more space for harmony rather than constantly seeking drama and needing drama like she's come to this life with drama being her natural state of being more or less again it's just that 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 automatic um, nervous system response for her, you know, the more um, the more that she can lean into that harmony, uh, she's going to feel more and more at home on this planet and around other people too, going to feel more comfortable around other people. Like she can be safe and open her heart around other people. Uh, there is a real need to stop people-pleasing here. So especially when we then, you know, look at her human design chart now, She's a generator, but she only has three centers defined. She only has her root center, sacral center, and her spleen center um, undefined. So everything, uh, sorry, defined. And so everything else is open. And so she is, no matter what kind of front she puts up for everybody else, like she's a very sensitive being um, and could be quite open to conditioning, um, especially if we look at like the specific life that she leaves that that leads that does sort of add up so she has a heart longing this leo north node um a longing for freedom of complete self-expression and yet with her son in libra in the 11th house feeling like she can only shine when other people see and appreciate what she's doing so then plus there's that karmic sense of duty to the family that we spoke about like she she can get trapped in changing her actions, her thoughts, and the things that she says from, you know, saying what's true to her heart, rearranging that to what she thinks will receive love from other people. And then another thing in her charts that also speaks to that karmic sense of family duty is, again, in her human design chart, um, her conscious son, so potentially her most influential gate in her chart it's in gate 50 so this gate speaks of holding traditions together and the fear that lives within that gate is not being able to meet the requirements of family traditions so this is really interesting when we think about um her life and just the family that she was born into so again people pleasing both the immediate family and then also you know, how her actions will impact the family is a massive fear for her. So with um, 
having an open emotional solar plexus too. She's going to do anything that she can to avoid an uncomfortable truth, especially avoiding uncomfortable truths about herself. So her family, she might be all too willing to call them out. But when it comes to facing a truth about her, when that's like what's on the line, that's when the claws come out, the defensiveness, uh, the emotional defensiveness can spring up in open emotional people. Some, some, not everybody that has an open open emotional solar plexus, but definitely some. Um, and, you know, then the moon in going back to astrology now, I, do, I really do just, I flick between the two charts because I really just feel like you can't have one like you can have one without the other, obviously, but they just work so well together. So I'm sorry if I'm all over the place, I'm flicking between the two. But anyway, so the moon in astrology speaks, um, speaks a lot. It speaks about a lot of things, but it can speak of the way that we protect ourselves and defend ourselves from facing tricky emotions. And that protective strategy for her, like her moon sign, it's in Pisces. So Pisces, moon, there can be avoidance, uh, focus on other people's problems and using sort of tricks to divert attention from her own pain, um, her true pain and from her own shortcomings, emotional shortcomings too. So that might not make a lot of sense. I'm going to try and explain this, but as somebody who also has a water sign moon, um, I can say that we can appear emotional on the surface while all the time hiding the truth about what's actually causing us pain deep down where nobody else can see it and not suspect it either because there's that excellent cover story that we put out of like, woe is me. Okay, so you make up a pretend reason to be sad while the actual reason that you are sad stays hidden deep down and people can't access it because you're putting on such a good cover story of sadness. I hope that makes sense. Maybe if you have a water moon, you can sort of relate to that. Um, okay. And then she has an, an open heart ego center too in human design. So always seeking to prove herself as worthy, you know, people, and people do tell her that she doesn't deserve what she has. Um, but, you know, she's studying law. Like you can't pass the bar without actually passing it. And yet the judging public still tell her that her family paid for it, that um, she's not worthy of this education that she's putting in the work for. Does that make sense? Um, we think of these these types of families as having it all. Um, but I also think about the damage that's done, like feeling like you constantly need to prove yourself worthy of the money that you were born into. Um, feeling like you need to prove that to the outside world, like it genuinely feels exhausting to me and so it's interesting that we started chatting about her studying law <clears throat> because her cross of incarnation in human design is the is the the cross of laws so I love when these things are that specific like I have a friend uh, who's studying primary education and her cross is the cross of education um which is just fascinating it's so interesting I told her that just like what um so you know, cross of laws. This is somebody who wants to play a role in setting the laws, setting the rules and the guidelines that protect and govern her family and her community. Again, her conscious son is is in that gate 50. So 
each incarnation cross has four different possible iterations. Um, so it'll have similarities within each, but depending on which sun that you're, uh, sorry, which which gate that your conscious sun is in, that's going to give it a little bit of a different flavor. Um, with her conscious sun in gate 50, her cross of laws is not so much about you know, creating radical change, but it's a lot about preservation. So when she feels the sanctity and safety of her family, her community slipping away or not being met, um, the needs of that community not being wet, met, well, cannot talk. Um, this call to hold it together or bring it back using the law is brought in. Um, and maybe this does speak a little bit to her current life response to that past life, that past life that we spoke about where she did feel a little bit out of control, like unable to get a grip on the way she wanted to rule or govern or whatever it was because everything was moving so quickly around her. Like she wants to be armed and ready in this life. She wants to create a more stable life. It's likely that even though uh, their family is well off, to say the least, um, the past life imprint of nothing is stable. Like I must keep changing and doing lots of stuff and trying to make people happy. Again, big theme there, trying to make people happy, trying to please people. Um, that's there, like underpinning everything else that she does. So the cross of laws actually has within it a channel. Um, and the channel in the cross of laws is the channel of mutation. And so by nature, she has a powerfully transformative energy. Even with this desire to hold things together, um, there is still a deep reverence for the fact that to hold some things together, then certain patterns will need to be ended or released or shifted. Like to hold the community together, what's not serving the community needs to be readjusted. Um, the channel of mutation leads to a life that is constantly in flux, but would be much more productive, let's say, put out of herself. Like if she's using this to initiate other people into shifting their points of view, when this energy gets throttled inside herself, uh, the channel of mutation can feel a bit like inner chaos. So again, I don't know what's going on inside her, but that's just something to keep in mind. Like if you have the channel of mutation too. Um... Okay, so in evolutionary astrology, we have something called skip steps. Um, so this could get a bit uh, technical, but try and stay with me. I'll try and explain it as best I can. Um, so because evolutionary astrology does pay respect to past lives and where we came from and the karma that we brought in, um, we have this thing called skip steps. And essentially any planet that squares creates a square to the north and south node, they're said to be skip steps. Things that you sort of need to still clear from your Akashic record, but you've maybe been avoiding it for probably more than one lifetime. Um, and this is the life to integrate them. That's what, what the square in your chart is saying. And integrating them is going to help greatly in this path that you walk towards you know, stepping into your north node. Uh, so Kim actually has two skip steps. She has Chiron in Taurus in the sixth house, uh, that's retrograde, and her Mercury in Scorpio in the twelfth house. So let's start with the Mercury in Scorpio. 
Um, what we see from this is that there has been invitations in past lives to journey beyond what's on the surface, to explore deeper truths within yourself and within other people, um, to investigate beyond what you can see on the surface, uh, even to maybe take some time alone in your own energy. Twelfth house can represent the desire for hermitude. And this makes sense with her karmic imprint of people pleasing. So to be in her own company would have been scary for her. Uh, so she skipped it. And then to integrate a skipped step, uh, we look at the node, this is where it might get technical. We look at the node that is the next along in the birth chart when moving counter in a counterclockwise direction. So what this means is uh, her Mercury skip step is integrated through her south node because that's that's the next, that's the first node we get to when moving in a counterclockwise direction from Mercury. Um, and what this means is that by using her south node Aquarius in a new way, she's going to unbind the karmic knots that she might be experiencing of previously skipping the evolutionary steps within her 12th house Scorpio, Mercury. 12th house Mercury, Scorpio. Um, okay, so as as she learns to open her heart, you know, doing these south node, uh, healing the south node in Aquarius things, like opening her heart, reattaching to life, attaching to other people in a healthy way, like to be a little bit weird and unexpected and unique, uh, to step outside the box, to think in her own way rather than only thinking about the good of the family, then she's going to find herself more able to be alone um, occasionally and to explore and communicate on a deeper, more questioning level, like to embrace those fun Scorpio Mercury skills like digging and analyzing any sentence just beyond the surface of the words. And I was thinking when I was doing like uh, preparing for this reading, I was just thinking like it's cool that she's an advocate for reform of the criminal justice system with that 12th house Scorpio Mercury, like that when she gets her law degree, she really like she she wants to use those penetrative analytical skills to free people unfairly um, hidden from society. Like the 12th house is, you know, a lot about prison and other people just are, that are just hidden from regular society. Like, you know, she's passionate about changing the way that the legal system is set up and the way that it doesn't take into account childhood trauma. That is very Scorpio Mercury. Like to see the truth beyond what we get told on the surface and to question the true meaning behind somebody's life cho life choices. Like I just thought that was so fascinating. Uh, then her other skip step is Chiron in Taurus in the sixth house. So Chiron is a, is a deep wound. Like I sort of think of it as the deepest, most tender place in our heart. And in Taurus in the sixth house, in terms of a skip step, um, and especially with it being in retrograde too, she's skipped the step where she learned that her physical health and well-being is more important than having physical possessions. Sixth house, uh, a lot about health, health, health and well-being, Taurus, material possessions, resources, etc. Um, so what I'm getting here is that there's this lack of self-worth within this wound, which is stemming from the belief that you can manipulate other people into loving you by having lots of stuff and nice things and pretty things and just being beautiful, you know, using that to make people like you. Uh, and having beautiful things is a gift, of course. Um, but this is specific to her karma. 
Like she has avoided learning that true beauty can come from inside. Um, so cheesy, but you know, it's the truest, the truest of all truths. Um, and she's not going to truly feel loved and appreciated until that acceptance of her heart um, is, you know, is a part of her life. So uh, the integration of this particular Chiron wound, uh, this skip step happens through the North Node because when we go counterclockwise around the chart, that's the first node that we get to. Um, when she can fully embrace her creative self-expression and live from inside her heart, you know, take time to develop her own personal philosophy of life, you know, ninth house, uh, north node, and just let that radiate through the very essence of who she is and what she does. Like when she can pursue higher education and what her heart is invested in, and as she does all those Leo North Node in the ninth house things, then the capacity to see herself as more than just a bunch of receipts, essentially, like that's going to become more and more possible for her. Uh, what else? So we see that she's a generator with sacral authority, and really the human design strategy and authority, they're the map to do everything that I've just spoke about. Like they're just the map of how to do everything that you see within both the charts. So can she tune into her gut, her gut response, her sacral gut response, even when she has literally the entire world telling her their opinion, opinions on who she is and what she should do and how she should do it. And if she's good enough to be doing it, um, whether or not her parents money paid for it, etc. I mean, like how revolutionary would that be if Kim actually stopped letting all the voices around her dictate her every move and tuned in and decided to live by responding to life, by doing that generator thing, you know? Um, I mean, you kind of have to think that we, as somewhat normal humans who don't have the entire world watching us, we're so much more free to follow our design to a certain extent. So, you know, I have the blessing um, of being able to wait for, an, wait for an invitation. I'm not under Kris Jenner-type pressure to do all these things. Um, I would feel, I feel like she would give the constant pressure of invitations, but you, you know, you don't have the freedom to say no to them. I wonder if any of the Kardashian or Jenna sisters are projectors. Does anyone know? Um, that would be interesting. But anyway, we can see Kim really does have like a lot of conditioning sitting on her head and it really does all come down to that, like for the good of the family type conditioning. Um, so that feels like a good place to say farewell, wrap this one up. Um, you know, go Kim for some extent going against that powerful family and societal conditioning to really, you know, start to follow your own heart and do your own thing anyway, as she's really getting more and more into, uh, as she gets older. So it's always when we look at these tougher placements within a chart for other people that we can really warm up to people that we might have had certain biases about before. Um, I know I experienced that like reading through a chart. I was like, oh yeah, she's a person too. Um, you know, it's this, this reminder of our common humanity. You know, none of us is perfect. We all have personal pain. We all have struggle. We all had South Node lives that were probably painful. Um, anyway, I love you humans. You're the best. I hope you have a good week and I will talk to you very soon.